You're so formal, Dylan. But you me, I try. You give me the like the point and everything. That am I like rounded? Well, I, I don't want to be noisy, you know, signaling you. So I'm just being very. You're professional. Methodic, yeah. Well, well welcome to your creativity. <laughs> Dylan's professional. I'm obviously not. But we have a good guest today. We do. A very special guest. Levon <laughs> Wells Sandberg. What, what? What, what? What's up? What's up? <laughs> what, I don't even know what we're going to talk about today, Dylan. We're just going to so have fun. Like, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. But, but it's going to get serious, too. Yeah, it may get serious. But mostly fun. But mostly fun. Because that's what we do here. <laughs> No, you're going to figure my shit out. And then that, that's all I know is that you're figuring my shit out and then I'm good. By Dude, the end of the I will day, show you how to figure your own shit out. No, that's not. I don't know. No, no that's too do complicated. It's all about like, empowering the individual. She's not going to do the work for you. Teach you how to fish, brother. Teach you how to fish. I don't even like fish. So like, okay. I mean, like, Teach I mean, you how to catch clouds. Okay. How about that? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. All right. I got you. <laughs> so Levon, you're you're known as the the spiritual teacher. What what exactly what does that does mean? What does that yeah. mean? Uh, <laughs> Apparently, she catches fish, and then like that's about it. She just catches fish, and it's like here you go, there you go, like, <laughs> clean them up, fry them, broil them, whatever you know. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I've been doing so much work in my life. When I say work, I mean life work. I've been to hell and back, you could say. And um, I've triumphed over a lot of different things with a lot of support and a lot of love and a lot of guidance. And uh, just jumped into the work, started assisting other people, and people wanted me to have a title. And I said, well, call me the spiritual teacher if you like, and that's where the name came. But honestly, (laughs) I I just speak on everything spiritual. So anything to do with moving forward, uh, next step, up-leveling your life from a spiritual standpoint, and that, hence, that's the word spiritual teacher came from. I teach a lot. I love teaching. I like teaching people how to fish instead of giving them answers. <laughs> and I notice she looks at directly at me <laughs> and just completely avoids Dylan because he already knows. Because you already have your answers, you know? You're just that brilliant. Do I? You do. <laughs> they're, they're inside you. Yeah, so, okay. um... <laughs> Do you help people that haven't lost people or is it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, my primary um, function on this planet is to assist people going through the grieving process or any process of loss. And it could be the loss of a job, divorce. Um, It's it's a loss of self is a really big one as well. But I do focus a lot on working with people that are going through the grieving process after losing a loved one. That's a tough one. And, you know, that stems, I know we've talked before, but that stems yeah. from uh, losing my daughter, Kiva, and just uh, my experience of taking her off life support and holding her in the last hour of her life. And just my life changed after that. And where she was a constant voice, so to speak, and a guide in my life. And so it just kind of blew up from there. Well, so. it's good that something amazing came out of Absolutely. That. Bittersweet. Bittersweet, <laughs> Bittersweet yeah. yeah. I've been through my share of loss, and I, back then I wish I would have had somebody like this because it, it, you know, different things took me different times. I've, I lost my mom, I, I lost my son, I lost my brother, and then later on I got divorced, so it's just... Loss. Yeah, it's just 
It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, and now he's stuck with me. So like, I mean, so he, he had all that, but I'm really not that helpful. So Aww. Dylan's like stuck with my guidance also. It's like, I don't really know where we're going, Dylan. Where well, are we you, going? You, you've guided me with things. <laughs> <laughs> Just your presence is enough. And a lot of times I'll tell my clients a lot of times. Wait, what does my presence put off? Excitement. Fun. If you saw this as I was walking from an underground <laughs> it. parking lot. I did notice that. I did right away. But I'm watching you right now. I'm sitting right next to you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Hey, we're a walking billboard. I'm telling you, a lot of times people think they're hiding things. But as you're walking down the street, walking into buildings, people see you. Whether you think they see you or not. They, it's on the outside of you. Dude, I'm like three foot tall, so like everybody sees me, kind of. Mm-hmm. I can't blend in. And then there's well. the energy you and the spirit you that they see. Huh. Uh-huh. You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I'm a badass. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm just from, saying. From the I'm inside kind of out, badass. brother. From the inside out. <laughs> from the inside out. So uh, growing up, what was your, your upbringing like? Oh, my goodness. Growing up, um, ooh, I don't even, when you say that, it's like red flags, red flags. Um, Wait, it, were you it, raised in Utah? Where I, were you raised? Born and raised in Boston. Okay. Yeah, true Bostonian. And uh, let's just say growing up was a little bit tough. And um, my earliest memory, I believe, is when I was... I would say the most dominant age would be when I was about six years old. When I went in to wake up my sister, who would not wake up, she was four years old at the time. And we, um, oh, goodness gracious, my mind's just going. Uh, (laughs) My father had remarried, and we had what was called an evil stepmother, you know, bless her. But in the, at that time and season, that's what she was. And so she would do a thing where she would tell us, come to the table to eat. And then we would sit down at the table and she would point her finger and say, you can eat, you can eat, and but you can't eat today. So then she would send that child back to their room and not feed her or myself or my brother. So there were three girls and one, one brother. And the youngest one, it took its toll on her. So the day that I went in to wake her up at age six, she wouldn't wake up, ran in, got my dad. Um, he ran into the room. Actually, my stepmother ran into the room first and shook her so hard that she fell off the bed and hit her head on the dresser. And I witnessed that, and I really believe that that was her final blow. And my dad just came in right behind her, picked her up, scooped her up, and put her on the bed and said, let's pray for her. And I said, we don't have time to pray. By the way, my father was a pastor. I said, there's no time for praying. We need to get her to the hospital. A six-year-old knew better and knew something was wrong. And so they got us all to the hospital, and very quickly the doctor freaked out and basically said, these kids aren't going anywhere, and called the police. And we ended up staying at the hospital. At least my father had enough sense in his mind to uh, take all the children to the hospital when we took her. And she was DOA, so dead on arrival. And uh, we lived in the hospital for about three months where they had to reteach us how to eat. And... uh, just take care of us and try to get us back to health as quickly as they could. And then right after that, we became a ward of the state. So we went straight into the foster care system after that. So that's my 
<laughs> growing up experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? But it, it was my first experience with death, you know, yeah. and I, I don't even like to use the word death. So from here on out with this interview, we'll, we'll call it transitioning, meaning she transitioned out of her physical body into this, the realm of spirit. And, um, but I grew up with a, a very strict Bible belt foster mother. Um, as I got older, I, I, I believe I appreciated her a lot more now than I did back then. Yeah. Um, and then I was blessed with the ability to just go into three foster homes because I know children that have gone into many foster homes. Uh, all three homes were pretty challenging, um, but it made me who I am today as far as when it comes to religion and spiritual things, um, being open to other people's perspectives, seeing that everybody had truth um, at certain levels, you know, but I was always a truth seeker as a kid. I was a 10 year old running up and down the street with a Bible in my hand and preaching to people because that's all I knew, you know, uh, tell them they were all damned and then later found out that that isn't true. Um, so <laughs> just to watch them. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, so, but what was nice going through the different foster care systems I got to experience what it was like to be Pentecostal, what it was like to be a part of the Jehovah Witness group. I never joined, but I, I fellowship with them for two years because that was my foster, my second foster yeah. homes, um, association with, with religion, um, got to be a part of the Catholic church a little bit the Baptist and Methodist, and it goes on and on and on. Came to Utah as a convert to the Mormon church. Um, got here in 91 and thought, wow, where am I? Um, you know, this isn't Kansas. What have I done? What have I stepped into? And with much honor and respect for all religions, uh, left the LDS tradition and became Buddhist. <laughs> and... Uh, and then after that, uh, left and became Presbyterian because I got I had remarried and he was Presbyterian. I was like, well, I've done all of them, so why not? Well, I haven't been a part of members of all of them, but I've been mostly. And so thought to myself, what well, it doesn't hurt anything to become Presbyterian now. And so now I no longer go to any churches, and I go to Church of Levon, and I practice Levonism now. So, but much respect for all out there, and that's where my life's taken me. So. At any of these points, did you ever come to a point where you're just like, there is nothing after this, and like, there's no God, how can I like, you know be like this? Was I'm glad you, you asked that question. That? Yes. No one's ever asked me that question. I don't even think that's recorded anywhere. Dun, well, dun, dun. Here it is. Here it is. The exclusive. <laughs> that's the way I roll. <laughs> that's the way you roll. You I like that it. that when I was walking in. I... <laughs> like, well, that's interesting, because I went through a phase where it was like, God does not exist. Jesus does not exist. Even though I had a very firm, solid relationship with Jesus, because he's like my bro. I mean, he was with me through thick and thin when I was six years old. And all my foster homes, when I didn't get 100% the care that I needed, I always had that presence or that energy of this amazing brother, you know, yeah. hanging out with me and, and just telling me it's going to be okay and it's all right. And then there, I remember just going through a phase where I was just like, none of it is real. None of it's real. Everybody's talking in all the buildings and telling me what's real. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I, I, I start experiencing some crazy stuff. Um, and it was literally the, the time that I really stopped believing is when I just thought I was going back crazy. 
Because then it was like, what do I believe? And where do yeah. I go? And how do I present myself? And how do I show up? And how do I speak? And, you know, and a lot of those beliefs that I was trained in as a child, they never really ever go away. You know, there's always that conversation in the back of the head. Miss Campbell, my first foster mother, back then, now LaVon, you know, behave yourself, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but I came full circle, and a lot of the full circle happened when I had my daughter Kiva, you know, and then I began to step back more into my spiritual self, more of finding myself, finding my truth, not the world's truth, uh, connecting with the divine in ways that I couldn't deny uh, on, and I did it through my terms instead of someone from a pulpit telling me how to do it, if that makes sense. So um, she brought in a lot of awakening for me. And that's how I knew I was to do what I am doing today, which is working with people, working through the grieving process. And the biggest thing, my biggest passion is teaching people how to have that communication constant and consistent. And my pet peeve is when people tell others to get over it. Oh, it's been years. You should, yeah. you should be, you should, 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 you know, just shitting all over people. Um, and so when I offer my workshops and my classes, I'm teaching people how to connect and communicate with their loved ones in a way that they can have tangible evidence and in ways that work and to be still enough to hear and to feel those promptings, to be conscious and aware to see the signs because they're giving us signs all the time, all the time. Yeah. A lot of times they're just screaming and yelling. And it's not about if you need to, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing this work and they're doing it in their, in their lane the way they do it. And, uh, and I do it my way and my way is teaching. And then I also do readings as well. Uh, but I think the greatest joy um, is when someone can hear it for themselves, see it for themselves, and feel it for themselves, experience it for themselves. It becomes more tangible, more powerful for them. And so this is why I do what I do. And my daughter, Kiva, uh, my partner in crime, <laughs> you know, a lot of times she'll, she'll just watch the gate and make sure who's coming in and who's going out. And if it doesn't work for us, she just, you know, she puts the hold on it, the kibosh on it. But it's nice to know that I have a collective team that works with me. And when I say collective team, I mean uh, my spiritual team to uh, assist others. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. It's one of those things where I never get tired of it. I As people come to you. Yes. So, like, they're in their hell. Like, they're yes. experiencing the worst of the worst, anything that's possible. How do you explain to them, uh, okay, if there is a God mm -hmm. and there's a loving God, why the hell do all these shitty things happen? Like, mm -hmm. um, how do you walk them through those experiences? Or do you even have, like, a set example of how you do that well you know or is it just to eat everybody's different everybody's different i go where they're at because everybody has different belief systems and this is what i love even though i went to hell and back in my own personal life i know i went through that because i get to speak many languages <laughs> um you know i've i have friends that are atheists i have friends that are christians i have friends that are i mean all types of walks of life. So I got my hippie friends. I've got, I got all kinds, you know? And so I don't subscribe to any particular group. And um, I subscribe to love. 
and connection and um, peace, because that's usually what people are looking for. They're looking for peace, not so much closure. They'll say, I'm looking for closure. I don't have closure. And they come to find out after working with me that the peace is what they've been looking for the whole time. Because in that peace, that their answers come to them, uh, from them, you know. Um, sometimes I'll, when people will ask me that, depending on how much pain they're in, I'll come and I'll just say, I don't know. If I don't know, if something doesn't come up in the moment for that particular individual, it's an I don't know. But this is what I do know. This has been my experience. This is what I felt. And your experience is going to be completely different from my own. But here's a possibility. What if? You know? Yeah. And then, they, then the wheels begin to turn and they begin to see the possibility. And then I also remind them that we're all on this planet. We're all free agents. We're all just doing our best... To, to have life work. And uh, from time to time, we just don't have the answers, you know, immediately say, you know, why did that, why did my child get hit by the car so tragically? And why did that happen? In the moment, sometimes it's, I don't know. But what I do know is this, that your child's okay. You know, what I do know is that your child talks to you daily. What I do know is that your child's here with you right now. What I do know is if you get up in the morning and you pause before getting out of your bed, and you close your eyes for five to 10 minutes, and you speak their name, and keep yourself as still as possible, you will feel their presence, or you will hear a word, or you will, something will come to you. But this is a practice, and I, I call it my ritual. So in the morning, every morning I get up, it's five, 10 minutes. I, I'm doing it longer now, <laughs> even with my busy schedule, uh, where I'll get up and I'll just take the time to go into prayer. And when I do prayer, it's just a heartfelt prayer. Much appreciation for the day, much appreciation for my body, much appreciation for my home and my children, much appreciation. That's how my prayers go, you know. And I rarely talk about, oh, woe with me and, you know, bless me to do this and do that and da 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 da. It's thank you for creativity. Thank you for this amazing podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to meet and be with them today. And thank you for knowing what to say and how to make that connection. And then I sit in my meditation and I just wait. And sometimes things happen. Sometimes nothing happens. It's just about me sitting and being still with myself. We're, we're in this world and we're in this chaos and we're constantly going back and forth. We don't take the time to just simply sit and be with ourselves. The relationship that most people grieve is a relationship with themselves, the loss of self. And the most important relationship to take care of would be ours with ourselves. So sitting with yourself for five to 10 minutes is the most powerful thing you can literally shift your entire consciousness and your entire world by doing that. I do it morning, I do it night. That's beautiful. I can't afford not to. I'm gonna start. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit with you. <laughs> Get to know you. Tomorrow you're going to thank, be thankful for patience, for having to put up with me. You're going to be like, thank God that I, you gave me patience because Steve so what is, is all this in the ass. So what is all this <laughs> self-talk that isn't working for you, Steve? Oh, it is totally working for me. It's, is it working for totally you? It's totally working for me. Those people in the morning are like trying to like beat the shit out of me to get myself out of bed because I'm just lazy. So. Well, while you're being lazy, you can actually tap in and tune, tune in and tap in in your laziness. It works. You're going to be sitting there propping me. <laughs> 
get out of bed <laughs> now. Well, I don't know about you, but I'll be waking up in the morning going, I'm so glad I met Steve. <laughs> Steve is so cool. He is. <laughs> I have potential. Steve is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have potential. <laughs> so you have these se- sessions people can do. Um, uh, connections and insights. What? What's? It's actually the name has changed again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got it off your website. So. <laughs> I get to fix that. I thought I changed that. Did I not change that? No. That's okay. Connections and the communications. Oh. Because okay. we're we're wanting them to. Yeah, that's the next one I have listed. Yeah. So okay. We're want, we're assisting them. So every fourth Thursday of the month in my home, I have up to eleven to twelve people. I don't, I usually don't go. My max is 12 because I really want to work with each person individually um, as a group, as a collective. And um, they can come with any questions about their life, their relationships, the loss of a loved one. Um, There's no conversation that's off bar. Um, We talk about everything. And then I just assist them by tapping in, tuning into spirit and and assisting them through um, that energy and further give, giving them further insights into their lives because they already have their answers. That's why it's not connections and answers. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, you invited me to one of those. And that, yes, I did. It was, it was a good experience. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's always different. Every single one is different. And um, I just get, I, I get super excited. And when people leave, my home just feels joyful and fun and giddy and it's just a good experience yeah so but you also go out and have a lot of fun everywhere yes i do lots of people it's important you cannot do this work and not have fun (laughs) you must go out and have fun or you will lose your mind staring at me again i mean i have fun damn it (laughs) i have to break away from that um and you know and just go out there and hike, go out and dance, go out and watch movies, just whatever it is to, to refuel me. It's yeah. that self-care. And drag shows. Don't, for, don't forget, don't forget the, the Viva La Diva show. <laughs> How many of those have Two-year anniversary in September. How many of those have you been to, Steve? One. Just the one? Yeah. How, how was it for you? No, I love Jason. He's great. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely love amazing. Him. And we also hung out at Sundance, which was yes, great. Yes, we did. I should have hung a little closer because you went to a cool place. Oh, yes. But remember, it's coming full circle again yeah. in January. So, yeah, it's the, the, the Black House is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. So, what was it? You know, I saw pictures and stuff, but tell us a little bit about The Black House? Yeah. So what, um, how many years? It's a little bit, uh, 10 plus years. I would say going on 12 years now, possibly 13. I'm getting my numbers all mixed up here. But I remember I went for the first time their 10-year anniversary. And a woman just grabbed my hand and said, hey, are you going to the anniversary of the Black House? I'm like, what Black House? I'm black, and I don't know about no black house. So she's like, in Utah? (laughs) Are you in the wrong state? So she grabbed my hand, and she and her husband said, you're coming with us, and that was the beginning of an amazing experience. And so I've been going, so it's 13 years, because January was the third year of me being there. Um, And it was um, a collective group of people that just got together and felt like there needed to be more diversity at Sundance. And so they created the Black House Foundation, which I believe is out of California, out of L.A., and they come to every Sundance every year, and um, amazing. I got to meet Jada Pickett-Smith, um, John Legend, uh, 
Common, the you know rapper, activist, yeah. actor, uh, just to name a few. I mean, it's just a great opportunity for people to come and network and connect. And it's such a small space that everyone's just really close. And so it just feels like everybody's family. I've not experienced any of the A-listers that have been in there as snobby. Everyone's just chill and relaxed. And we have um, amazing panels and... Um, it's just it's very educational at the part i love about most about it was the educational part as well as meeting some amazing people um but uh so every year we're up there we're up there cool. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna stick close and go with you yeah how are you <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll stay about 10 feet behind oh you can shoot up in the <laughs> <laughs> shoot up in the facility eh <laughs> Yes. You've also done a TED Talk. Not I everybody, did. Not everybody can say that. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. You know, it really is getting self out of the way, meaning getting myself out of the way, and letting spirit guide and bring opportunities to me. And yeah. so that was an opportunity that was brought to me. And, of course, I applied like everybody else. Um, and I did a huge talk, 200 plus people in Sedona, uh, Arizona as well, and got to do a breakout session there, but also get to be a, a key, keynote speaker there as well. And that was amazing. And again, that was brought to me. And um, I'm How did they approach you to do that? People know people. <laughs> no, I have from Sundance. <laughs> I do need to be like ten feet away. <laughs> no, uh, Jeff Olson. He wrote a book called um, "I Knew Their Hearts," and he's a gentleman that lost his family tragically, and has been and literally died in, at the accident and came back. And he died several times, and his story is pretty profound. And um, he was in charge of this event in Sedona, Arizona, and he reached out to me and had me come and speak there. Yeah. So if you ever get an opportunity to meet Jeff Olson, he's pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, he's kind of doing the circuit as well. He's all over the place. But that's where that came from. So, And it looks like we'll be doing some stuff in L.A. soon as well, some workshops in L.A. and speaking engagements. I'm excited about that. So a lot of my locals will be coming, you know, I've got clients in Mexico, I've got clients in LA, I've got clients in Arizona, and so it's just building, building nicely. If people want to find you, how do they find you? My website. So Which is? www.lavonwells.com, L-A-V-O-N-N-E-W-E-L-L-S.com. No, we know you're kind of on a time crunch. Is there anything that you wanted to share with people that we haven't covered yet? Oh my goodness. Well, number one, you're not alone. Number two, it's a little chaotic in the world. Don't be, don't believe the hype. Stay focused, stay centered, stay grounded in you. Number three, get to know you, get to love you, take care of you, self-care. Number four, mm, I'm here if you need me. (laughs) (laughs) And you can talk about anything and everything with me. All sessions are confidential. Um, And also, I have been doing events where I go to people. Usually, uh, the minimum, um, as far as groups, is 11. The max is about 14, 15 people. So that's something they can find out on the website as well. But if you'd like for me, if you don't want to come to my house, well, I can come to you. But there's a a few steps for that to occur because... um, my home is a special, sacred place, and so I'd have to come to your home and make it that too, and then we would proceed with <laughs> sessions. <laughs> uh, but long, you know, bottom line, 
Just keep it real with yourself. Um, be gentle, be kind with yourself. And if you've lost a loved one, keep the communication open, write those letters. And I believe in writing letters to your loved ones, uh, during the birthdays, the holidays, the anniversaries, celebrate it, put their chair at the table, put their place sitting at the table, uh, really acknowledge them. They, they like to be remembered and, um, they're constantly sending you signs and having conversation with you. Got to listen. Yeah, got to listen. Now, now for some a couple of fun questions, bonus questions. Oh, <laughs> who's your favorite Muppet and why? My favorite Muppet and Muppet. Wh- and yeah. why? Yeah. Um, what's his name? I don't know. Doop de doop de doop 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 doop. I can't remember his name. The doctor. The Swedish chef. Yes, the chef. <laughs> I love the Swedish. <laughs> you got me making weird sounds. I love here. that he has human hands. That's, yes, that's what I love. <laughs> I think Frank Oz was like the head part, and in in, in the early days, it was Jim Henson's. Oh hands. wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting question. We've got another interesting one. Okay. In the film of your life, who would play you? <gasps> Angela Bassett. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't even take you long at all. Like that was no. just like, okay. it was in the chamber. <laughs> it was in the chamber. I like that in the chamber. Yeah. I just, I love her and I just have always, yeah. I thought of that before long time ago. Wow. That just really came out of the chamber. <laughs> there we go. Any final comments, Steve? Well, no, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to learn how to fish. Yes. I'm not going to fish. I'm going to, like, do something else. We'll do a jam session together. We'll right. talk. Keep it I'm confidential. We'll do a private sesh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I think we have a couple more minutes. I just want to talk about um, the last 50 episodes. This is episode 51. So we've been doing doing this for a while, 50 episodes. I just want to thank everybody, you know, supporting me on this journey. It's been lots of fun. Steve, thank you. You've been my biggest partner in this. I just make shitty jokes every now and then, and that's about <laughs> it. That's my contribution well, to you, Dylan. That's okay. I make tons of shitty jokes, and most of them don't land. So. <laughs> <laughs> when they're still floating out there. So. I think we in even lost our one listener. My mom doesn't even listen anymore. I, I'm not. Aww. I mean, we're going to have to bring what, her back. Which joke was it? I, I, <laughs> it was probably, He's like, I am not going to repeat it in case she's listening today. She might have signed back up. I don't think it was one. I'm sure it was many. many. It just piled up. She's like, that's my boy. I can't hear it. She's like, for the love of God, just end it, Steve. Just be, yeah. Or it could have been Russ's episode. <laughs> it's Bigfoot and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Guys. Levon, have you listened to many of our episodes? No, I have not. Okay. Oh, you are totally. I'm going to start. No, I'm trying to think of, there was one that I was interested in and I saved it. And I think that's when I went to Arizona. Well, we've had Kat on, we've had Jason on. Well, you know what that means, right? That means I get to go back and listen to a few of those. So I will. Okay. That's that's my commitment to myself. You should just listen to your own because like, honestly, I mean, this is probably the best. Oh, 
So, like, I would just, like, yeah, just listen to yourself. <laughs> just listen to myself. There you go. Okay. That, that works, too. Well, I love my cat, and I love my Jason, so I'll definitely f- pull up those files from those episodes and look around and see what you got. Now I got to look at Russ's, too. <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Proceed with caution. <laughs> I shall, but I shall listen. <laughs> Well, thank you, little bud. We thank really appreciate you. Thank you. Much appreciation. Thank you. Podcast is done, man. <laughs>